Sometimes I feel like the Big Ten media doesn't actually watch Big Ten football. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked on Nittany Lines your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online as you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. My name is Zach Seiko. Thanks so much for joining me on a new episode of Locked on Nittany Lines. And I, I feel like sometimes I, I'm the only one. I know more people do. Uh, but they, sometimes when I see what the media puts out about preseason polls uh, or the voting after the end of the season, it, it just it blows my mind how how inaccurate these these all conference teams can be. So that's what we're going to lead the show off with. The Big Ten all conference teams were released uh, just a couple of days ago. Penn State did have uh, quite the number of players on both offense and defense. They had Nicholas Singleton, uh, second team special teams, and I think that Rutgers touchdown, the 100-yard kick return, uh, definitely helped his case because he really wasn't that good uh, at that point in the season. But uh, So Nicholas Singleton cracks the uh, second um, all special teams in the Big Ten. Uh, we're also going to discuss the college football playoff. It is expanding to 12 teams. We got that confirmation now that the Rose Bowl has agreed to be in the rotation. They tried to hold out as long as they could uh, to get some preferential treatment, but that is not the case. They are going to join the rotation and be just like everybody else. So thank you for not spoiling it for everybody. It can now start in 2024 and just what some of the other teams in the past could have done in the college football playoff had it been 12 teams under James Franklin. Uh, and then finally, we'll look at the Nittany Lions planning for the 2023 future, uh, see where they're targeting in the transfer portal, plus some uh, interesting news from other former Nittany Lions uh, coming out in the recent days. But let's get to those all-conference teams. Uh, actually, before we move any further, thank you so much. I, I really mean this from the bottom of my heart because the YouTube channel, I, I set out a another goal. I said 300, and I appreciate everyone's help with that. But the YouTube channel, I said, hey, let's get to 350 subscribers by the end of 2022 to start 2023. And it has jumped from, I think it was 305 just the other day, and now it's up into the 340s. I really appreciate that. That means a lot. It, it helps uh, support the channel. It helps support me and what I'm able to do with Lockdown Nittany Lions. Uh, so this show would be nothing without uh, all of you. So thank you. Please, again, uh, feel free to leave feedback, uh, any questions that you would like me to answer in upcoming episodes. And I don't want to neglect the podcast side of this. Uh, the YouTube channel, of course, is important if you want to watch the show. Uh, but if you are listening, thank you for taking it on the go with you as well. And wherever you can leave reviews and feedback, Please do just that uh, wherever you get your podcast. Okay, now the all-conference teams, and we'll begin with the offense. The first team, nobody. I don't know how many of you already saw that, but Penn State did not have a single player on the first team offense. And I got to admit, there's a lot of talent in the Big Ten. I, I very well know that. I know what the first team, uh, you know, up and down the lineup, but I got to say, Olu fashion who really should have been on the first team. If Olu had not gotten hurt, 
I think he would have been a shoe in to be one of the tackles on the all big 10 first team offense. Uh, but instead, Olufashnu cracks the second team, but just by the coaches. Okay, so the way that these polls work, uh, the coaches get to vote, and then the media gets to vote. The media did not think that Olufashnu was a one of the fourth, one of the top four tackles in all of the Big Ten. Okay, so where'd they put him? Third, they said, you know, ah, he's he's sixth. So the guy that the NFL scouts are saying, as a 19-year-old. As a redshirt freshman, the 19-year-old offensive tackle could have gone number one in terms of offensive linemen drafted in this upcoming 2023 NFL draft. And they think he's crazy for staying back, right? He is somehow, according to the media, the sixth best offensive lineman in the Big Ten. Make it make sense. And that's in the Big Ten. Think about all the other offensive tackles, offensive line prospects that are going in the 2023 NFL draft. And Olu Fashionu was ranked as not necessarily the consensus number one, but he was ranked uh, pretty consistently as the first offensive lineman off the board, even before Peter Skaronsky, who I think is very talented and should have been that other. He was, he did get nominated for the first team, uh, but Peter Skaronsky and Olu Fashionu should have been the, uh, both the tackles unanimously on the first team. I'm getting so riled up about offensive linemen. Uh, it, it feels strange, but I got to come to the defense here of Olu Fashionu. I know it doesn't bother him, but uh, it certainly bothers me with the season that he put together. No help needed. He anchored that left side for Sean Clifford. And like I said, the NFL draft scouts had him pretty high up. And the Big Ten media was just like, eh, third team. Why not? Uh, so fashion who does crack the second team with the coaches. Now here are the other third team selections. Nicholas Singleton was named both to the third team by the media and the coaches. Strange was just by the coaches, Brenton strange and juice Scruggs was named by the coaches to the third team. And then honorable mentions. There's a bunch of them for Penn state's offense. Uh, Sean Clifford got both Parker. Washington got both Hunter Norzag got both Sal Wormley got both. Uh, Bryce Efner was nominated by the media. Okay, so something they actually got right because Bryce Efner uh, you know, was basically that Swiss army knife on the offensive line. Could come in at guard, could come in at right tackle, wherever they needed him to, uh, he was going to be slotted in. And then Katron Allen nominated as an honorable mention by the media. Okay, so the media got those two right, but still doesn't really do them justice when they really whiffed on Olu Fashionu. Uh, this is tough because... Nicholas Singleton won Big Ten Freshman of the Year offensively, and that is a great recognition. But how does he end up on the third team? At first, I was a little bitter about this, but at the same time, I looked at the group. Okay, Mo Ibrahim, we know that he's really good. Blake Corum in the conversation for the Heisman. I got to give credit where credit's due. Braylon Allen of Wisconsin, Chase Brown of Illinois. Like that's some pretty good company, uh, but Nicholas Singleton in due time will be a first team offensive running back in the big 10. I just, I still can't figure out what planet are the media on where they say they look at Olu fashion and say, yep, he's, he's a third team tackle. I don't, I, I don't think it's an excuse that he was hurt. The, the, the progress that he built and the performances he put together before he was hurt uh, kind of say it all. But kudos to Nic uh, Nicholas Singleton, you know, collecting the Big Ten Freshman of the Year award, uh, the recognition that that takes. I mean, he was averaging 6.3 yards per carry, 
941 rushing yards, set the touchdown record. He had 10 rushing touchdowns, the one receiving touchdown. He'll be used more out of the backfield uh, in the passing game in the coming years. But it's just, it is crowded uh, in the Big Ten when it comes to running backs. Now let's move over to the defense. Uh, the defense got this one right. Joey Porter Jr., first team, all Big Ten by both the coaches and the media. Awesome. On the second team, P.J. Mustafer voted by the coaches. Abdul Carter voted by the media. Okay. Um, the coaches got P.J. Mustafer right because it feels like the media does get tied up in the stats. When P.J. Mustafer, it's not his job to get all the sacks, to get all the tackles. He's the smartest player on the football field, hands down, and he eats a lot of double teams. He allows other players around him, like an Abdul Carter, to make those plays. Uh, on the third team, and this is just dead wrong by the coaches in the media, I get it. The Big Ten was loaded in the secondary. Illinois had one of the best team secondaries. Iowa as well, but you, you just can't do this. Penn State was so much better than both those two teams. Jair Brown, third team by the coaches in the media. Uh, Kalen King, third team by the coaches in the media. Adisa Isaac, third team by the coaches, an honorable mention by the media. Abdul Carter on the third team by the coaches. I think I think that's fair. Abdul Carter came on late in the season. I don't know that that was necessarily enough to put him in the second team conversation, but I respect what the media is saying here. And then honorable mentions, Adisa Isaac by the media. Uh, Chop Robinson was named by both as an honorable mention. Curtis Jacobs, both. Uh, defensive lineman Nick Tarburton by just the coaches. Defensive back Johnny Dixon by the media. And that's everybody that received the honorable mention. Uh, so I have an issue here again. Kalen King was, he was honestly statistically much better than Joey Porter Jr., if you can believe that. And he's third team. All Big Ten. This man led the nation in pass breakups with 18. He had two interceptions. Joey Porter had zero. I, I know how locked on. I'm not. I'm not criticizing Joey Porter Jr. That's not what I'm here to do. I'm here to defend King, like Kalen King. Right? He was the king in the secondary. 18 pass breakups because people consistently targeted him because you couldn't go to Joey Porter Jr.'s side. So when they went to Kalen King still offered that same kind of elite level cornerback. Uh, he's definitely at the very least a second team. I know that's only one spot higher, but I, I, I think it's because, well, Joey Porter Jr. is already a unanimous first team. So that gives us a little wiggle room to be different and put Iowa players or Minnesota or whoever, Illinois, uh, and, and Jair Brown too. Jair Brown should have easily been a first team by everything that he does. Great in coverage. He now adapted his game and became such a better run defender. They brought him down into the box more often, and he played more of that Jaquan Brisker role where you could use him in coverage, but he was more of an extra linebacker. Whereas Jair Brown was basically that free safety, that center fielder over the top. He led the nation in picks last year. This year, he was around the football, the line of scrimmage much more, and he made plays. So third team for both Jair Brown and Kalen King little disrespectful. I think Kobe King should have earned an honorable mention. If the media is so quick to put Abdul Carter at the second team, why does Kobe King not have an honorable mention? As he got so much better, he was leading the team in tackles for some portion of the games after the uh, after the midpoint in the season. And Kobe King's not getting any recognition here. Uh, I don't think that's that's not fair. So I feel like at times the media doesn't watch Big Ten football. 
Uh, they don't watch a lot of other Big Ten sports either. Uh, now, this was a preseason poll, and this goes to the coaches. Penn State men's hockey is currently top 10, around 5, 6. The, the polls change weekly. Uh, number one in the pairwise, which is the uh, college hockey tournament, uh, when they get to essentially the, uh, the Frozen Four and everything else, they take the top 16 teams. So they're technically the number one seed at this point in time. The preseason coaches poll had Penn State number six in the Big Ten. Now they're number one in the country. Just just mind you, I, I, I'm making this comparison that the coaches and the media don't always get these right. I, I just want to put that out there. But this is Locked on Nittany Lions. That's why we do this. That's it. We, we find a way to come to the defense of the Nittany Lion players that deserve the recognition. Uh, and we use some evidence to back that up and, and just show that, no, that, that just wasn't right. So don't don't trust everything you see there. But when we return, we're going to talk about the Rose Bowl and the college football playoff, how the Rose Bowl has made this possible, made the sport of college football so much better moving forward with 12 team, a 12 team playoff tournament coming in 2024. And then later on, uh, Penn State had had Joey Porter Jr. declare for the draft. Well, some other former Nittany Lions did that just as well. And where Penn State could be looking in the transfer portal. That is all on the way. That's coming up next on Locked on Nittany Lions. Today's episode is sponsored by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at Bet Online as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. That is Bet Online, where the game starts. This is the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast. I'm your host, Zach Seiko. Thanks so much for making us your first listen today. Hey, your second listen. Go check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. That is Locked On Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Thank you so much for the support across all the podcasting sites as well as YouTube. If you do want to watch the show, we are available on YouTube. Locked on Nittany Lions. All everyone that subscribed so far, thank you. I, I want to see a little few more comments though. Love to answer your questions as part of a mailbag to start to do that, to get to understand, you know, what are the fans thinking? Is it just me? Am I crazy for thinking some of these things these things about Penn State? I want to hear from you. Any feedback, any questions you would like me to answer in upcoming episodes. I'll answer any of them, really. Uh, but let's get into the college football playoff, huh? 12 teams. It is about time because Penn State would have made it five times. And I saw the I saw the uh, stat floating around on Twitter that Penn State would have made the college football playoff four times under James Franklin, including 2022. That is actually not the case. It is a total of five times, I confirmed, with the voice of Penn State football and men's basketball, Steve Jones. But then if you still go through the archives, and you will see back in 2018, now that was the team that was in question because they did finish lower outside of the top 12 when they lost to Kentucky. I actually think they finished 17th after that loss in the Citrus Bowl, but that doesn't matter. They finished 12th in the regular season. And that would have put them as the last seed in the college football playoff. But thank you, Rose Bowl. Thank you, Pasadena, for saying, all right, 
We will be in the bowl rotation. We'll be just like everybody else. I don't exactly understand the logistics of it. I just know that the Rose Bowl was seeking a little additional preferential treatment, basically saying, hey, we're a more high-profile game than everybody else, and we want to be treated as such. And the college football playoff committee looked around and said, uh, I don't, I don't know how you want us to explain that to other bowl games, right? How are you going to tell the Fiesta Bowl that, that you're better than them or the Peach Bowl or the Cotton Bowl? It, there's more to it, but I, I do think that it, it was the Rose Bowl was kind of being stubborn to this point because that was the thing that was holding this all up because there was the potential that they could have, uh, they could have missed the mark and this would have been pushed back to 2026, maybe even 2027. Uh, but the college football playoff committee would have simply just moved to somebody else, another bowl game, maybe the Citrus Bowl, for example, that wasn't included. This was a no-brainer for the Rose Bowl. I'm surprised they held out as long as they did. But basically, the college football playoff, from what I understand, just called their bluff and said, you know, hey, are you going to be in the rotation or not? And now they are. So, good. Uh, but now, 12 teams coming in 2024. Uh, but if you look back, Penn State, five teams would have made it into this 12-team format and that is 2016, 2017, confirmed for 2018. They snuck in. They just snuck in, but that's okay. 2019, and then this season in 2022. For James Franklin, who catches a lot of flack that, oh, you know, he can't lead a good team. Uh, his teams are always good, but they're never great. Five of these teams out of the nine years that he's been here, and remember, he had the sanctions to deal with as well. He, like Bill O'Brien, didn't have all the scholarships to start. And look at the teams that he's built since. The five appearances in the college football playoff is actually second in the Big Ten, if you can believe that. Uh, Ohio State's number one. I think they have eight appearances, but Penn State has five hypothetical appearances, and that is second in the Big Ten. Uh, and compared to the SEC, that's actually up there as well. So don't think that Penn State is not a, a nationally, you know, a nationally recognized program. Like they would have been in the college football playoff pretty consistently if they were doing it right all along. There was once upon a time where the media decided who the national champion was. They didn't even play a game, play a championship game. And now look where we are. Look where we've come together as a country. Let's put our differences aside and expand the college football playoff to 12 teams. Uh, but I, I want to I have some fun with this segment as well, because if I had to rank these teams as far as how they would have done in the college football playoff, I'd go 2017 first. Yeah. I'll explain it in a second. 2016, 2019, 2022, and then a distant, a little bit of distance here, 2018. I, I want to explain that the 2017 team, and I've told this to other colleagues, other peers, that that was James Franklin's best team, and it's really no contest. Well, the 2016 team won the Big Ten title. I get that. I understand that. But the 2017 team, I know the game's played on the field, but... This is on paper. This is based on paper since we're never going to know. That team was absolutely stacked with NFL talent. Where do I begin? And you'll say the same thing about the 2016 team, but all those same players are on the 17 team. Trace McSorley, Saquon Barkley, Miles Sanders, Mike Gesicki, Deshaun Hamilton, DeAndre Tompkins, Saeed Blacknell, Kevin Gibbons, who's tearing it up right now for the 49ers, Jason Cabinda, Marcus Allen, Grant Haley. All those guys were inexperienced, or not as experienced, let's just say that, in 2016. 2017, they were supposed to put it all together. They only lost Chris Godwin as a part of that group. 
And maybe if they had Chris Godwin back, they win some of those split games, the Ohio State game and the Michigan State game. If you play that game over, Penn State should win that game against Ohio State. The 37 to 36, they were up by 17 at one point. I know. I know that it ended the way it did, but they were the much better team. And then Michigan State, don't even get me started on that. That is a load of, it's it's a load of something. It's a load of bull. Let me tell you that. Um, for those who don't remember or don't know, and I got confirmation on this. It, it Again, it does, it, it is nice to know some former players on the Penn State football team. But they were fed fast food at halftime in that game. Why was the opponent fed fast food and trapped in the, this was the weather delay game where Michigan state ultimately comes. I think Penn state had a 10 point lead and then they had the three hour weather delay. And so what Michigan state decided to do, this is real home field advantage at its finest. They decided to put all the Penn state players lock them, not, not literally, but they basically said, Hey, you're going to be in the locker room the entire time to keep you separated from Michigan state. And we're going to feed you Chick-fil-A at half. I heard Domino's, but basically it was fast food. And I have confirmation it was Chick-fil-A. Good food. Uh, it's not good for football players in the middle of a football game. Uh, and they ended up losing by a close margin to Michigan State when they should have easily won that game. That team would have made the college football playoff. The Ohio State game, okay, they came from behind. Uh, they choked the lead away, and they lost. Ohio State deserved to win that. But the Michigan State game... That that is as fluke as they come. And Penn State, that was the game that kept them out of a college football playoff appearance. But that was by far the best team. I think they would have ran circles around the 2016 team, 19, 2022, and definitely 2018. That's just my opinion. Open it up to the comments to see if I'm right or if I'm completely dead wrong, and that's fine. But that team was very talented. They returned all of those starters from the year before when they did win the Big Ten title. I just think with the experience that they had, they were they were better than 2016, even though 2016 had the better results. Now, 2022, if there was the 12-team playoff, they'd play Clemson, and they would actually host that game. The first round in the 12-team playoff is going to be hosted by the higher seeds. The top four get a bye, and then the next four get to be the home team. So imagine that, Clemson from down south, coming up to Beaver Stadium in December, late December at that. They're starting these games in late December for a 12-team playoff. And you got to do that in a packed Beaver Stadium. I don't think Clemson would have done so well. DJ Uwe Ungalale would have had a rough time. Uh, but then if you're forecasting who they would have played next, and that's Georgia, I don't think Penn State would have done that well. <laughs> I think they would have had their clocks clean. It was a nice run. Uh, you got a playoff win, but uh, Georgia would have had no problems on a neutral site field. So. That's, uh, but comments are open. Do you think that the 2017 team was the best team under James Franklin? I think they were from a talent standpoint. The results say otherwise. That's the 16 team, but let's have it out. And maybe the, maybe you think the 19 team's better because they lost some close ones. They lost to Ohio State and they lost to Minnesota. Uh, if it weren't for the referees calling a bad pass interference call in front of the goal line, Penn State wins that game against Minnesota. So maybe you think the 19 team is better. Or this 2022 team. I don't know that we'll never we'll never know how good this team was, truly. I know they're number eight. They're top 10. They're solidified in the top 10. But outside of Ohio State and Michigan and Purdue, they were never really challenged this season. And I'm kind of disappointed in that. So I really want to get a gauge with this bowl game coming up. 
uh, where Penn State actually is in 2022. So it'll be exciting for me to answer, get some of those questions answered. It is Locked on Nittany Lions. Thanks so much for joining me on the show. When we come back, we're going to talk about some former Nittany Lions now making decisions about their next year with football uh, and where Penn State's going to look in the transfer portal and who they are already targeting. It is Locked on Nittany Lions. The final segment on this Friday edition of Locked on Nittany Lions and two former Nittany Lion players are going to join Joey Porter Jr. entering the NFL draft. Florida wide receiver Justin Shorter has opted out of his bowl game and he's going to declare for the draft. Uh, Will Levis, no surprise there. Some people have him as the best quarterback in this draft class. I actually have an episode devoted to the Sean Clifford versus Will Levis debate. Did James Franklin get it right? You can go check that. It is a little bit older, uh, but it's still relevant, I think, at this point in time. Uh, and Will Levis is going to enter the NFL draft, but he has not opted out of his bowl game yet. He has not done that yet. So I, I respect that. I commend him for that if, uh, if and when he does play. If he doesn't, I do understand it's not uncommon to opt out of these bowl games. Uh, but now we know the transfer portal is definitely active and there's plenty of news as guys are already starting to move around or at least take offers, take interest. But one guy that is on the move for sure, and it's a move that's lateral in the Big Ten, and that is former Michigan quarterback Cade McNamara is going to Iowa. He is going to be the starter next year for the Hawkeyes and got benched. Uh, he was hurt this year, but not he didn't get benched because he was hurt. He just got flat out benched and Michigan went ahead with J.J. McCarthy. And that was ultimately the right move uh, by Jim Harbaugh. Nevertheless, McNamara is going to wind up at Iowa. So now uh, instead of Iowa averaging 10 points per game, they're going to average 12 points per game offensively. I, I think McNamara helps. He's better than Spencer Petras, and Alex Padilla is actually in the transfer portal backup Iowa quarterback. So now, who could Penn State target in the transfer portal? We talked about some positions. Well, it's starting to come to light who they are interested in, and, and there's a few players already. We'll start with wide receiver because that is a position of need, losing Mitchell Tinsley, and you don't know if Parker Washington is going to be 100% when the season starts next year. And you also don't really have that much experience behind him. So they're going after some guys. One of them, I don't know if he has an offer just yet from Penn State. He did once upon a time, and that is Dante Thornton out of Oregon. He entered the transfer portal. Former high-end recruit was rated a 97 overall by 24-7 sports. And now he's in the portal. And this was actually a kid that was com committed to Penn State once upon a time. Number seven wide receiver overall, class of 2020. Uh, he's from the Maryland area, and he committed earlier in the cycle in late 2019, and I think he felt like the decision was rushed, uh, rushed but now he's probably he's a long way from home. I, I can't imagine that he wouldn't be interested in coming back to the East, East Coast and like a Chop Robinson in this case uh, where he was committed or very interested in Penn State, and Penn State was essentially his second choice. Uh, now it might be his main choice. Uh, the other guy that Penn State is targeting, and at least they do have an offer out to him, and that is Jimmy Horn Jr. of South Florida. South Florida fired its head coach, uh, so Jimmy Horn Jr. is looking for a place uh, somewhere else to play. He's got blazing speed, and Penn State definitely needs that since they like to stretch the field and win the big play battle. Now, what about offensive line? I found this very interesting because I've raved 
Now that Olu Fashionu is back next year, I have raved that this offensive line is solidified. They are probably the best positional group for Penn State going into the 2023 season. I think running backs right there as well, especially if Kevon Lee decides to return with Singleton and Allen already in the fold. But I, I guess the rich can get richer here. Do, do you really need an offensive lineman? Now, let me say that because we don't, at this point in time, on December 2nd, 2022, we don't have confirmation just yet of what Caden Wallace is doing, what Sal Wormley is doing, and Juice Scruggs. They could hypothetically all enter the NFL draft. They could all transfer if they really felt the need to, but since they were all starters, I don't, I don't see them doing that. Uh, but besides the point, they just haven't confirmed returning to the team in 2023. I just said it was a very distinct possibility that Penn State could have its entire starting offensive line back. If that is not the case, uh, Penn State is already going after one Florida offensive lineman. He is a tackle, uh, but they are targeting heavily a Johnny Cornelius out of Rhode Island. And from what I've read, Cornelius is probably the biggest name that is getting a lot of attention in the transfer portal right now. And Penn State is in on it. He plays at tackle. He was all conference. Penn State already has a lot of depth, so I'm surprised that this is a focus for them. But I guess, again, you could never have too many offensive linemen. You're getting those high school recruits coming in. I, I bet the goal is to have them red shirts so that you can save that eligibility for them so that they're here longer and then they get to mature. They get to, uh, they get to really polish off those skills. And Cornelius could be a guy that you put at right tackle. So that's, uh, that is a little interesting around the status of Caden Wallace. If Caden Wallace comes back, even though he's not perfect, he definitely improved in 2022 before his injury. So I'd like to see all those guys back. Sal Wormley, Juice Scruggs, and Caden Wallace. But if you're able to get a guy like Cornelius out of the transfer portal, that is a huge win for Penn State and someone they are legitimately very serious about. My name is Zach Seiko. Thanks so much for joining me on another episode of Locked on Nittany Lions. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the YouTube channel, like the episode, comment any feedback or questions you want to have heard, and hit the bell for notifications so that you are up to date whenever we post a new episode here on Locked on Nittany Lions. You can follow my personal Twitter at Zach underscore Seiko. Follow the show Twitter at Locked on Nittany and stay connected that way as well for any Penn State news. Now, over the weekend, Penn State's going to get its bowl game. We're going to talk about all of that on Monday. We're going to finally know the opponent, where they're going to play, and hopefully it's the right move, either the Rose Bowl or the Orange Bowl. If it is the Cotton Bowl, it just better not be because it will not be as happy of an episode, I, I must say. But thank you so much for making Locked on Nittany Lions your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Locked on Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts.